Well, good morning, CWC. I hope you're all awake, ready to go, because we're going to put the throttle down this morning. We're going to go, so I hope you are ready. Uh, my name is Micah. I'm the youth director here at the church with Refuge Youth Network. It's always a privilege to be able to share with you guys on a Sunday and to be able to just, uh, you know, share what my heart is and what God has given to me um, over, this next, uh, over this next several minutes. Pastor Keith called me and said, hey, man, I want you to continue with this series positioned. And uh, for those of you that aren't sure what we've been doing, if you're maybe it's your first time here or you haven't caught on, we've been doing a series called Positioned. And we've talked about how God positions you in certain places to arrange or align your life in the place that it needs to be to be influenced or to be connected to what he has for you. That's what the position is. And we've had, a, there's been a lot of, of teachings that we have gone through. We've gone through positioned in purpose, uh, in humility, in love, as ambassadors, by grace, for revelation, positioned for peace. Last week, a killer message on positioned to be pressed. If you did not catch last week, I encourage you to tune in, go to, go to the website, check out last week's. It was phenomenal. Um, and so this morning, we are going to continue on, and we are going to talk about positioned for wisdom. Yes, wisdom. Now, I know some of you are thinking, why is the youth pastor who's been working with teenagers for the last 10 years talking about wisdom? You have a point. You have a good point. But, you know, I think for all of us, we have all have been in areas of our lives where we have made wise decisions and we have made unwise decisions. How many of you have made an unwise decision before? Okay, those of you that are not raising your hands, you're lying in church. And that's probably the worst thing that you can do right now. Um, is that? But I, I was thinking about this and just how there's been some decisions we have made in our life that have not been very wise. They've been very unwise. I don't know about you, but like when I was little and something would happen in my family, whether I was arguing with my sisters or whoever it would be, my mom would say to me, I don't want to hear one more word out of you. I just couldn't help myself. And it was a very unwise decision, but I would always respond with some type of other word or some type of sentence or something, and it was very unwise. Or how about when you're driving your car, and as you're driving, that gas gauge goes to E, but you know your car. You have faith in your car. You know, I got 50 more miles before I need to, to fill up. And then you're like five miles from the gas station, and it starts sputtering. A little bit. And you knew what I should have, I should have put gas in. And your spouse or your, whoever told you, hey, you need to put gas in your car, that was an unwise decision. Or how about when you're eating that last slice of buffalo chicken pizza? You know you shouldn't have, but you did anyways. Unwise decision, because then you're going through the house, you're looking for Pepto-Bismol, Tom's, you're putting them all in a blender together and just choking it down, because you knew that was an unwise decision. And I can tell you from experience, when we have all-nighters, and I supply the middle school boys with Red Bull and Pixie Sticks, that was, a, they're, they're like literally climbing everywhere, on the walls, under the, every, just everywhere. Uh, we have all made unwise decisions at some point in our life. And I was thinking about how it's just so important for us to, to look at what the Word of God says to be able to make wise decisions. See, a lot of times in church, we talk a lot, a whole lot, about the spiritual aspect of things. Yes, we are very spiritual beings. Um, this relationship with God is supernatural. It's a spiritual thing that happens. But a lot of the times, we will neglect the intellectual part of being a Christian. There is an intellectual part of being a Christian. 
There is, there's decisions that you have to make with your mind in order to progress in relationship with God. And as a Christian, we are called to be spiritual, but yet also intellectual in how we pursue relationship with God. And part of that is using intellect and insight gained through wisdom. And so I want to encourage you to take notes this morning. I want to encourage you to write things down. I want to encourage you to put things in your phone um, because we are going to look a lot because our minds, when we are born as Christians or we're born in this world, we're not born as Christians, we are not programmed in wisdom. Understand that, that we are not programmed when we are born. We are born into a life of sin that separates us from who God is. And until we have Jesus that comes into our life and changes everything and we ask for forgiveness of sin, we, we are not being, we're not using our intellect. We are not using our mind the way that we really should. And I, and I was thinking about how we begin to process differently when you are a Christian. Think about that. When you become a Christian and you encounter Jesus and everything changes, you process things in life a whole lot differently. I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to say capacity. Oh, come on, say capacity and ability. See, wisdom is the capacity of the mind that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. So part of wisdom is a capacity for us to understand the way that life should be from God's perspective. But then there's also ability. So wisdom has this aspect of this capacity of understanding things from God's perspective. But then the ability... For us to learn those things in a godly manner. So there's a, there's a capacity of us understanding what God has and then the ability for us to do it. Ability means that you are able to do it in your own life. See, in ancient times, which is interesting, when I, when I began this study months ago, um, and I've been studying wisdom and I've been going through this, uh, you oftentimes found in the Old Testament that kings and rulers would surround themselves with wise men or wise seers. They would call them in the Bible. You can look through all of the Old Testament and you find everyone from Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. These were wise men, the king of those times. They weren't godly kings, but they were seeking those that were wise. They, they sought after people that were wise. They sought after people that had intellect, that saw things from different perspectives. So wisdom it has always been something that has been sought after. Wisdom has always been something that has been a a pursuit of seeing what is there because there is a divine insight that God would give to people that these kings and rulers would want to know about. And that's why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with people that are wise. It's important for us to pursue being in relationships with those that hold wisdom. Because let me give you a list here of what wisdom does for you. So if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write some of these down because this is what wisdom does. First of all, wisdom will bring order to disorder. All right? So wisdom gives order. Wisdom will bring forth a purpose of one's life. Wisdom will give you discernment in making decisions. Wisdom will provide a sense of belonging into the kingdom of God. That's very important to understand that. That wisdom brings an acknowledgement into your mind that you belong into the kingdom of God. Wisdom also keeps us in harmony with what God has asked us to stay in harmony with. Wisdom also allows us to understand the purposes that are put into this world for us to call out and give God glory through. 
So there's so many aspects of wisdom when we, when we look at the world and we look at what Scripture says. When the order of how things are supposed to be revealed to us out of this world, we apply Christian, biblical, godly perspectives to things, and it begins to change our world. Because we use wisdom to see into things where if we don't have wisdom, we won't see the perspective of what God sees. It's, when you can, it's like when God can look at a life and he can see something completely different than what we see. It's being able to see past everything else and see something of value inside of whatever that idea, concept, or person is. And being able to call it out and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. But in order for us to have wisdom, we have to ask ourselves the, the most important question. Where does wisdom start? How do I gain wisdom? Well, I was thinking about this is how do I position myself in life to gain wisdom? Because I want to be wise. I want to be someone that pursues wisdom. I want to be someone that pursues after the capacity of the perspective of what God has and in my ability, use it and apply it to my life so that I can further the kingdom of God. So when we look at this, we say, where do we position ourselves in order to gain wisdom. Wisdom starts with where you choose to position yourself. Understand this, that wisdom starts for where you choose to position yourselves. You can choose to position yourself in the wrong place, or you can choose to position yourself in the right place. Again, positioning is putting yourself in an alignment and in an order to gain all the perspective of what God has for you. But Proverbs Chapter 1 and 7 and also 9 and 10 says something very interesting to us that we need to look at. Again, that's Proverbs 1, verse 7, and also 9 through 10. Proverbs 1, 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me read that one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Then Proverbs 9, 10 goes on to say, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is in sight. Both of these verses tell us the position that we need to be in in order to gain wisdom, and the position that we need to be in is understanding the fear of the Lord. If you want to have wisdom in your life, you need to understand where your position is and where God's position is. That's where wisdom starts. Understanding the position of God and the position of yourself. See, the fear of the Lord is referenced 18 times in the book of Proverbs. And when we read these verses, we begin to understand the importance of this statement. Now, the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about like there's a monster in the closet type fear or like I'm in the woods and a grizzly bear is chasing me type fear. We're not talking about that type of fear because we don't serve a God that is, that is terrifying us into relationship with him. That's not how that works. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about something that we're scared of. But when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about an awe of respect, of of reverence, of holiness, uh, and, and being able to understand that his position in regards to my position is a position of holiness, is a position of righteousness, is a position of reverence, his, his, his power, his majesty, everything that is that brings forth a sense of wonder. The fear of the Lord is respecting the position of the king of the kingdom. That is really what this is. As Christians, we are in the kingdom of God. We walk and we, we, we are in relationship with one another to move throughout the kingdom. So understand, he is the creator, I am the creation. 
He is the father, I'm the child. He is the master, I am the servant. Understanding God's position in your life will help you begin a journey towards wisdom. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understanding positioning powers of where we could be. See, healthy understanding of who God is will bring healthy understanding of where you should be. When you know where God is, you should then know where you should be in your life. See, the fear of the Lord was something that was commissioned all the way from the very beginning of time. All the way in Genesis chapter 1 when God created the heavens and the earth and then he goes forth and creates man. There is a very big distinction between the creator and the creation. Understand this, that the creation is never greater than the creator. We have to understand that. That the position of where we are and the position of where he is is vastly important. Because understanding the position of the king is the beginning of wisdom in the kingdom. And then we have to understand, so wisdom starts understanding where God is positioned. The fear of the Lord. Wisdom starts with positioning God where he should be and where you should be. It's understanding all of the principles and then applying the things that the principles and perspectives that God gives us in the word of God, applying those to our life. Understanding the position of where you need to be is one of the most, if not the most important thing for us to do. Because when we don't understand our position, we live in confusion. When we don't understand the position of of where we should be and what we think God, there's a lot of times I think God should do certain things. I think God should be in a different position. Then there are times that we think so highly of ourselves that we elevate ourselves to a position thinking that we're right there where God is. When we begin to think that what my perspective is so important and what I want and my heart and my desires are so important that I'm going to position myself right there where God is. That's unwise. That's, That's very foolish. You can read in scripture, there was, there was an angel that did that named Lucifer who fell from heaven because he thought his position was as great as God and was cast out, and now we know him as the devil. So you have to be very careful of where the position of your life is, understanding that this is a choice that involves your decision saying, God, you are God, you are the creator, I am the creation. So as we start in this position of fearing the Lord, We then got to understand what we need to do to understand more of wisdom. And really in our life, if we want to know more about something, what do we do? We study. Study to show yourself to approve, the Bible says. So if you want to know about wisdom, begin to study wisdom. If you want to know about grace, begin to study grace. If you want to know about mercy, study mercy. And so the greatest book that we have in in, in the book of the Bible that helps us with wisdom is the book of Proverbs. So if you want to begin to understand what it is to use wisdom and live as a, in a wise life, open up the book of Proverbs and begin to dig in. From the very beginning, from the get-go of Proverbs, you'll get it. See, I, I, I love Proverbs because I say they're like it's, like, it's like these little fortune cookies of wisdom that come out. You know, when you open up the fortune cookie and you get something, that's like, like every time you read something, you can read one verse and be like, whoa. And it's only a few words. But that's all that you needed to understand what you, what you needed from that. The book, of, the, the book of Proverbs is really the standard of wisdom for our lives. And it, and it opens us and it gives us these little nuggets of wisdom. Now, the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But wisdom is used 125 times in the book of Proverbs. 
That's how many times it's talked about. Now, we should know by, by the culture that we live in, anything that has high repetition means it's important. Think about that. When you were in school and you had to repeat things over and over and over again and, and over and over and over again, it was because it was of high importance to understand. So wisdom is because the, the aim of wisdom is to acquire and apply, acquire and apply. So King Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs, and most of them are not even, not even in the book of Proverbs. But I want to take you to a story that's really interesting that will help us understand this positioning of wisdom. So in your Bibles, open up to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. I'm going to walk us through this story because I, it's, it's, very, it's very good for us to understand positioning when it comes to wisdom. Again, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse, we're going to look at verses 5 through 15. So it's a couple of verses, so hang with me as we read this. It says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne every day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, a, a too numerous to count people. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong for those who is able to govern these great people of yours. This is the Lord's response to him. The Lord was pleased with what Solomon had asked for. So go, said to him. Since you have asked for this and not for a long life of wealth for yourself, nor asked for the death of your enemies, but the discernment and administrating justice, I will give you what you asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you, asked, what you didn't ask for, wealth and honor. So that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees or commands as David, your father, did, I will give you long life. So let's set up this scenario. God shows up to to King Solomon. King Solomon just took the throne. He takes the throne. God shows up and says, I'm going to give you anything that you ask for. Because of your father, David, I will give you anything that you ask for. So what is it that you want? Now, that's a loaded question. That's like, think about how loaded that is, that the creator of everything is asking you what you want. Now, some of us would just blurt stuff out. Like, I know me, I would be going, I would just be, like, he'd be taking notes real quick. Because our natural tendency is, but, but Solomon was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. First of all, thank you for this opportunity to give me something, but on behalf of my father. So there's a thing of honor here that we have to understand. If you want the glory of God to follow you, show honor where honor is due, because glory will always follow honor. So he honors him, and he says this, and he said, now you have made me and you put me in David's place, my dad's place. I'm king over all these people. I realize that I am too young. I realize that I am not smart enough to do what you have asked me to do, so I need wisdom. Now, to have that understanding to say, okay, God, I don't have what it takes. I can't do this just through myself. 
So I'm going to ask you to give me something to help expand the kingdom of God. I need wisdom. This is what I need. Now, how many of us would, would think about asking for wisdom? I don't know if a lot of us would. But he realizes his inability to be the king that he needs to be, so he asks for wisdom. Now, God said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give it to you. But I'm also going to give you two other things that you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you honor. And I was talking to, to Bethany, my wife, about this. I said, it so fascinates me that God said this, because natural tendency of mankind, if you were to ask me anything I want, I'm going to want wealth, and I'm going to want honor. King Solomon asked for something different than any of us would have asked for. And because he asked for wisdom, God gave him the very thing that we would naturally ask for. Wealth and and the prestige of being the greatest king. So the very thing that we would ask for, maybe in our flesh, God gave to King Solomon because he asked for wisdom. And I, I think that just is so wild to me that wealth and honor is something that we would probably ask for. And God said, here, I'm going to give it to you. Now, God gave Solomon wisdom to lead and to be guided. And I'm going to tell you guys, Solomon was, was set up to be the greatest king of Israel. He was set up to be the greatest king, greater than David. He had the setup to do it. He had the capacity where God said, listen, I'm giving you the capacity to have wisdom in your life. But the place where Solomon failed was with the ability. He started strong right out the gate. He started and did really, really well. But King Solomon did not finish well. When you read throughout scriptures, you can see what actually happened, that, that he began to do things that he shouldn't have done. He began to not use that wisdom and the ability that he should have. When God said to do certain things, he began to think, no, I, I got all of this. I don't need all, of, all these things. And the Bible informs us that Solomon had married over a thousand women. I'm not even going to say anything about that. Talking about wisdom here. But check this out. Again, Solomon gets wisdom from God. And he says, I need this to expand the kingdom. I need this to be the greatest. I need this so I can, I can be a great king. I need this so that I can have the, be, be just as good as my father David. That was the beginning intention of the heart. Then what happens is as they progress forward, Solomon begins to intermarry into cultures that he shouldn't have intermarried into. Because when we study the historical background of what's going on, he, you know, in, in Israel, you are not to intermarry into other cultures because other cultures would bring their idols into your life. So Solomon began to, rather, rather than stay away, a lot of times, which is pretty radical, is God would command Israel to go to war, to destroy the enemy, to destroy their idols, and to be at war rather than be at peace. But what's so interesting to me is Solomon decides to intermarry on behalf of peace for the kingdom rather than go to war for the kingdom. And it made me think about how sometimes in our life when we are looking at things, maybe we're meant to fight the battle and not live in peace. Maybe wisdom is saying that you are to fight for the kingdom and not just sell out for the kingdom. 
And I was thinking about how this, is, this just blew my mind because, again, Solomon, his, his heart was on behalf of the kingdom, right? He wanted the kingdom to be, he wanted to use wisdom in the kingdom, but then he made decisions on behalf of himself, thinking that he knew what was best for the kingdom and intermarrying with all of these women and deciding to get peace. Solomon didn't even follow his own wisdom that he wrote down. That tells me that the knowledge of the head will gain you favor with man, but wisdom of the heart will gain you favor with God. And this is what we have happening here. And, and, and I read this, and what really popped out to me is wisdom cannot protect you from sin. Wisdom can't protect you from sin. Being in relationship with Jesus, being in relationship with God, loving God and understanding his position and using wisdom, that is what will help you overcome sin, is understanding the position of God. And, and I read this, and, I'm, and I begin to think of the parallels of how all of this happens. Because as Christians, we are ambassadors into what? The kingdom of God, Right? We are called to expand the kingdom of God. That's what we're to be doing. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter how you worship. If you are a follower of Jesus, you confess with your, with your heart that Jesus is Lord. You believe that God raised him from the dead, and you're pursuing this relationship with Jesus. I don't care what church you come from. We're to team up and expand the kingdom of God. So there's a revelation of who the king is to the entire people out there that don't know. So that's what we're called to do. But yet sometimes we don't use wisdom in saying, how are we going to apply this to the kingdom? And rather than fight through all of the messy stuff of culture, we just decide to become apathetic with us in, our, in our lives and say, oh, no, well, I'd rather just have peace and not have war. And then we don't use the wisdom that God has given to us to stand for what is right. Look at culture right now. Look at everything that is going on right now in culture. We cannot be apathetic and just say, I'm going to give in and just have peace. Because if we do that, the enemy will win. The enemy will win. And a lot of times we we get this so confused. The enemy doesn't need to just get you to give in to temptation to to, to take you over. You don't... That's, that's just one tactic of the enemy. The other tactic of the enemy is I, if I can just divert your attention from the position of the king and distract you from what you're needing to do, then I can take you over. Then I, then I can win. And what we're seeing is that in culture, we are not using wisdom in pursuing the kingdom like we're supposed to and doing what we're called to do. Why? Because it's so much easier to live at peace than it is to live at war. And we saw this with King Solomon, how this was a downfall that began to happen to him. So we asked, how do we position ourselves? Well, we position ourselves with understanding, number one, that, the, the, that God is God and that he is above all. He is the creator. Number two, we have to understand we need to pursue wisdom. We really need to. It's cool. There's a great verse in James chapter 1, five, one and 5. It says this, if you lack wisdom... Let you ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Think about how great that verse is. If you need wisdom, just ask for it. Just ask me for it. And I'm going to give it to you, and not just give it to you, but give it to you generously. You know, think about that one person in your life, like, you know, whether, whomever it was. You knew that when you would go to that one person, that they would give above and beyond to what you need. You know, and, and they would always be a blessing to be able to give, whomever it was. Because you want to be a blessing and you want to give above and beyond generously. And this verse says all you have to do is ask of these things 
and I'm going to give them to you. And so many times we think that we can make decisions without God, and it's going to be okay. And I just feel like that's the most unwise decision that we can make. When we don't ask God for wisdom, it's unwise. Because we, we need God to say, God, what is it that you want from my life? What is it? Like, I, I don't know what to do right now. And can I tell you, there's really no small question that God doesn't care to answer. God will answer your questions. He will answer what you bring before him and say, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. Because then James 1.6 says this, but let him ask in faith. With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is tossed and uh, to- that is driven and tossed by the wind. Again, understanding the position of where God has called us to be. Because, you know, you can know a lot of facts. You can know a lot of um, figures. You can know the maps. You can know a lot of things about Scripture. You can study theology, church history. You can study all of these things. But if you don't have a relationship with God, you've missed it. So there is a difference between knowledge of having a knowledge of God and having an understanding with God and a relationship with God. Big difference. The acknowledgement and positioning of where God wants to be. Knowledge of God is important, but wisdom in God is more important. Being able to live in that relationship in wisdom, knowing, oh, this is what God would want me to do. Think about that. Think about when you're, when you're so close to someone and you know them so well that you already can know the decision that they're going to make. That's how it should be with us and God. That when something happens, that I've spent so much time in the presence of God, I've spent so much time with God, that as soon as a, a question arises, I can say, okay, God, this is what you want me to do, Right? And being able to know and being able to have this understanding that through seeking God in reverence and awe and fear, I can have a relationship with him. The more time you spend in position with God, the more wisdom that you'll gain, the more that you'll know. When we choose to live in, in the right position, we literally set ourselves up for everything that God has to offer. But again, it's understanding the positioning of of how this thing of wisdom really works. And you know, it's funny because sometimes we just want to be in relationship with God just to be in relationship with God. And I think sometimes we're we're just Christians just because it's our scapegoat of not going to hell. For some of us, it just looks good on us. And we wear it like like it's a coat that like, hey, this Christianity thing, I got this down. That I can just do this on my own. You know, King, it's funny that King Solomon wrote this and he should have paid attention to it. He said, do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. Don't forsake this whole thing of wisdom, guys. We can't forsake what it means to say, God, I want wisdom. Because wisdom is going to protect you. You love it. You love that pursuit of wisdom. She's going to watch over you and keep you. And there's something so powerful about that, that we can't forsake what this whole thing is when it comes to wisdom. Because we don't really talk about wisdom a lot. When's the last time that you mentioned wisdom in a conversation? When's the last time you studied wisdom? When's the last time that you flipped on open iTunes and listened to a podcast on just wisdom? Wisdom. 
It's very important. This should be something that is taught consistently within us. These are things we should be going after consistently in our walk with God. If we want to pursue wisdom, then we need to go after it. We can't abandon it. Because the pursuit is worth it. The pursuit is worth it. Remember all those things that I listed that that what wisdom does for you. The pursuit of wisdom is worth it. But are you pursuing it? Are you allowing it to watch over you? Every question or decision we are faced with, we can answer by how we've positioned our life with God. I want you to understand that. Every question or decision that we have, we can gain the answer based upon where we've positioned ourselves. God, is this what you want for my life? Is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do? Positioned for wisdom, saying that, God, I am in awe and um, I stand in wonder of everything that you are and all that you are. So help me. Let, let, let me grow closer to you so that I can expand the kingdom. Because that's the mission, expanding the kingdom. So across this room, if you could just bow your head and close your eyes. I just want you to take a moment and, and just kind of cut everything out that's going on right now. And ask yourself one question. Have I positioned myself in a place to have understanding where God is and where I'm at? Have I positioned myself in a place to really understand the fear and the reverence and the awe of who God really is? You know, when I was driving down here this morning from Altoona to Tyrone, in between that stretch, I began to think of sometimes, sometimes we just need to go back to the awe and the wonder. Go back to that place of understanding. We, you know, when you see fireworks for the first time, you are in awe and wonder of, of how splendorous and how great it is. But as you grow older, you're like, ah, it's the same thing. Fireworks are fireworks. And I feel like a lot of times we do that in relationship with God. We've lost the awe. We've lost the wonder. We've lost, because, oh, God is God. And we just, we've become so casual in how we have done Christianity. We've become so casual in relationship with God that the awe, the wonder, and the splendor is gone. And if that's you this morning, I, I, want, I want to pray with you because I know that, that at some aspects and some points in my life, I don't live under that fear. See, there's a verse in the Bible that says, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Meaning, take me back to that place of when I first encountered you, Jesus, and I first was excited, and I first was filled with this joy that you've changed my life, and, and help me get back to that place. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Guys, let's go back to a point of the awe and wonder of who God is. Saying, God, I'm going to fear you. God, I'm going to position myself in place of you. 
So if you're in here this morning and you can just say with me, I need to position my, my life back into a fear and awe and wonder of God. I just want you to pray with me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask any of those things. Because this is a moment between you and who God is. So just pray this along with me. You don't have to say what I say. You can, or you can just pray your, your own heart. But God, this morning, we thank you. We love you. And God, we come to you now. We ask that you forgive us. God, forgive us of forgetting what it's like to be in awe and wonder of who you are. God, forgive us of what it looks like to be in your reverence and to be in the awe of of you. God, forgive me for trying to expand the kingdom through my own peaceful manner rather than using wisdom to rage war against the things that are happening. So God, we thank you for your forgiveness and your grace that as far as the east is from the west that you've given to us. And as we continue in relationship with you, let us always be positioned in a place, understanding where you are and where we are, that you are the king and that you are king over the kingdom and we're in the kingdom to serve you, to be ambassadors of you. So God, allow us this morning to understand our position and our place. God, I pray that we will seek wisdom That we will fall in love with wisdom, God. That we will go on a hunt for wisdom. That we will go on the pursuit of wisdom. We will, we will do whatever it is. We will read more scriptures. We'll dive into more commentaries, more books, more teachings. But we will pursue wisdom because we want our life to be a life that you put your glory on. You put your honor on. God, we want our family to serve you. We want our friends to serve you. We want our, our coworkers to serve you. And God, we, we want all of these things in our life. So help us pursue wisdom on when to do things, when to ask things, when to say things, when to keep our mouth shut, whatever it might be, God, we pray for wisdom more than ever before. Wisdom more than ever before in our lives. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And God, we pray that our positioning for a place of wisdom will transform our lives. And God, we just thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you one more time to just have this understanding that there are, there are going to be times where you're going to make unwise choices. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The stove's going to be hot and you're going to touch it anyways. But don't allow that to take you down a rabbit hole of thinking that, you know, oh, this is just always going to be this way. Learn from the unwise decisions that you have made. Learn how to use your intellect to not do those things again. When decisions come up that were like decisions you had to make prior, say, God, give me the wisdom and what to do. Give me the wisdom on how to approach this. Because I'm going to tell you, in the next 24 hours, you're going to be tested. Some way, somehow. You're, some of you are going to go jump on the highway, go up to go get something to eat at Bob Evans, and someone's going to try to cut you off. 
And you're going to be in a position, well, I could say this or do this. Use the wise decision. You're going to go to work and something's going to happen. It's going to be frustrating. And you're going to want to instantly respond. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. Some of you, your, your kids are going to drive you absolutely crazy in the next 15 minutes when you're at, trying to get out of here. Use wisdom. Because I, I didn't talk about this, but let me, let me tell you. When a younger generation sees an older generation pursue wisdom, they'll pursue it too. We have to understand that. Especially as parents, your children will emulate the things that you do. They'll emulate what they see. So if you want to, if you want to start a new spiritual blessing in your family, begin to pursue wisdom with your family, with you, with, you, with your kids. Teach them about wisdom. Teach them about decisions. Teach them about all these things. Because then you can start a spiritual heritage where when people think of you and your family, like, oh, man, that family, they got it together. They're wise. Because one thing about wisdom is the, wise, the more wise wisdom you get, the wiser you get, the more you realize you need more of Jesus more than ever before. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you realize you need him. So take this wisdom with you. God, I pray as we go today that you'll bless us, you'll keep us, you'll let your face shine upon us and give us rest. God, I pray wherever we go that we carry the anointing of who Jesus is with us each and every day. God, I pray for God encounters to happen, for lives to be changed, for salvation to be brought forth, light into darkness. And that, God, as we leave this place, we leave knowing that we can share the gift of Jesus with anyone, anywhere. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.